Dirty Hands University Studios presents a DHU production. When I wake up in the morning, my alarm gets off the warning. I don't think I'll ever make it on time. By the time I grab a snack and I say what up, it's like I'm getting product to the shelf so I can watch it fly. It's all right, because I'm saved by the dial. If the buyer needs a hand, he knows I'll understand, because I'm ready when the call comes through. There'll be mega displays getting dirty for days. If the order comes in late, there will be more to do. It's all right, because I'm saved by the dial. Welcome to episode number four. This one is all about negotiation. These are our demands. This is what we want. Our balls are in your court. Negotiation is a huge part of life. It's the basis of effective communication, finding common ground in your personal and professional life. That's right, Kate. I've learned so much from this week's episode. Charlie, is that you? You gotta go to bed! No way, tall guy! Yeah, Mike, you really learned a lot this week. Let's get to the morning announcement. Hi, good morning to you all. Now there's no negotiating the fact that this episode is all about negotiating. But listen, don't let that scare you. Don't let that turn you into someone that you're not. Oh, a question already. Yes, TNATs. Wait, so you're saying I don't have to be mean to negotiate? TNATs, do you even have the capacity to get mean? No, not really. Okay, well, as I was saying, you don't have to be scary or slick, or anyone other than yourself, if you know how to harness the power of negotiation. Oh, another hand. Yes, Bridget. Well, I just usually rely on Jack Donaghy for negotiating advice. Oh, really? Let's hear what he has to say. You've got the initiative. How do you keep it? By making a second first impression. You're going to wear dark colors with a single power accent. Every hair in place, hair movement, is a sign of weakness. And whatever you do, don't speak first. 90% of negotiations are lost by the person who speaks first. Because what is speaking a sign of? Weakness? You outfired. That's horrible advice. You do know that, don't you, Bridget? I guess I do now. Okay, okay, this is going slightly off the rails. Let's get ourselves back on track and check in with Lavinia for Beyond the Bookshelf. Never Split the Difference by Chris Foss is today's featured book on this episode. And if you ask me if there's anybody I'm gonna listen to about how to negotiate, it's a former FBI hostage negotiator. Face to face with bank robbers, gang leaders, and terrorists, 
This author knows a thing or two about how to win a negotiation when the stakes are at their highest. So tune into that. Speaking of hostage situations, Pete's got somebody down in his office with a question on everybody's mind when it comes to this topic. I'm not aggressive enough to negotiate. How can I still manage to get what I want? We've got two huge woos going out today. One coming from the Rocky Mountains and the other from the Mid-Atlantic. And lastly, be yourself, know your worth, and don't settle. Stay dirty, dudes. When he said you should go out and sell these, at that moment, something clicked. And it was then that I realized that was the purpose. That was the good that was going to come out of this. And it's a great day to be alive. I know the sun's still shining when I close my eyes. There's some hard times in the neighborhood. But why can't every day be just this good? The purpose and mission that came out of Go Macro Bars came from Amelia Kirchhoff's cancer diagnosis back in 2003 where a lump in her breast started a long journey into a macrobiotic diet and lifestyle that changed her life forever. A macrobiotic diet is the art and science of health and longevity. It combines the relationship between ourselves, the food we eat, the lifestyles we lead and the environments in which we live. The diet itself focuses on on whole grains, beans, and fresh vegetables. But it's not just about the food. It's a holistic approach to food, exercise, attitude and environment. In a way, it's similar to the way we approach store level, knowing that changing just one thing for a brand won't have the same impact as changing the ecosystem. Macro means great and bio means life. Go Macro bars are rooted in the hope that we live well, with the time that we have, for as long as we have it. Spend a little time today in the counselor's office with Peter Ruiz. Think of him as your own personal Mr. Feeney. This world of yours seems like quite a peaceful and loving place. Just younger and with a better mustache. His pant length might be short, but his credentials are long. Welcome to the Campus Counselor. Don't ever let me start feeling lonely. If I ever needed you, buddy, you know now I really do, buddy, don't ever let me start feeling lonely. Hey, hey, what's up, Dirty Hands fam? This is PDP, aka Peewee, coming at you with another anonymous submission. All right, let's go ahead and kick it into high gear. Dear Pete. I feel like I need to be more of an aggressive person in order to be a good negotiator. And that's just not me. How can I get decision makers to agree to things I need to help me reach the goals I'm hoping to achieve for my brands if I'm not an aggressive or strategic type of person? Signed, not a natural negotiator. Alright fam, so for this segment I would like to share with you all a little story about delivering a non-aggressive approach and not letting a little word like no get in the way of your win. This story takes place on a hot summer's day in 2017 at Whole Foods Market Fairfax. This STL at this location I was not familiar with and have never interacted with him before. Dave was a type of STL that was all business and a man of few words whenever I saw him walk in the sales floor. I had a bit of a love-hate relationship with this account. I love the department, 
and the people that worked in the store, but I was really frustrated with the retail space that our brand partners had. Fairfax, at the time that I used to serve as this account as an account manager, used to be one of the top five stores in the region for sales. Whenever packing out our brands, I would constantly think about how we could improve their cold box section from a financial and also an aesthetic point of view, and at the same time improve our brand partner's holding power and placements within the set. One day I saw Dave the STL resetting the candy category, and he was all by himself. I immediately felt like it was a good opportunity for me to make a new friend. And if all goes well, maybe even present the cold box reset idea. Before I made my approach, I made sure to play out in my head how I wanted this interaction to go down. I also told myself to not fear rejection because hearing no is not the end of the world. And at least I could tell myself, I tried my best. And I'm okay with that. I very calmly made my approach to Dave and asked if I can give him a hand with this reset, which he welcomed me with open arms. Hi Dave, it's me Pete. Do you need any help with this reset? Why would you want to help with a candy reset? Why wouldn't I? It's candy. Well, I would love your help. I officially welcome you with open arms. After a little small talk, and felt like we were hitting it off, I took a chance and swung for the fences. I asked Dave, Brother Dave, have you ever thought about resetting your cold box? I remember Dave looked at me like I just grew a second head, and to my surprise he said, What a bold question to ask, but the answer to said question is, yes, I just haven't been able to find the time. Dave also told me that they were thinking about swapping out their old shelves for the new self-facing shelves. We were also thinking about swapping out our old shelves for these new self-facing shelves. As an upselling tactic to get him to sign off on the reset, I told him that our company is more than happy to assist with the reset and the shelf swap. Brother Dave, DH is more than happy to assist with the shelf swap and the reset. I made sure to go over the game plan with him and explain to Dave that I could pull movement and margin on all the items in the cold box, highlight all the dogs, meaning slower movers, and start phasing them out in preparation for the reset. So here's the plan. I can pull movement and margin on all the items for the cold box. I'll highlight all the dogs and start helping you phase them out in preparation before we make magic happen. Now, I want to take a real quick pause to go over some things. The approach that I took was non-aggressive. I warmed up our conversation by getting to know Dave a bit before I presented my ask slash idea. Dave shared with me his new shelving needs and I responded back with a solution on how we could help him out. Win-win. I also tried my best to make sure that my tone was welcoming and confident. Also periodically reiterate his needs to ensure that I'm listening intently. After assessing each skew, contacting other vendors for support, and phasing out the slower movers, it took about three weeks before we actually executed the reset. After everything was said and done, Whole Foods Market Fairfax went from 8 feet of kombucha to 12 feet. Also added a whole 4 feet dedicated to health aid. We also added from four feet to eight feet of juice, and also increased more holding power for our teas and coffee RTDs. Before I end this story, I just wanna go ahead and bring a couple things home. You don't have to be an aggressive person with your approach, and develop your own style that best suits you. Be calm and concise with your ask or ideas, and don't ever be afraid of a word like no. If you could conquer this fear, you will find true growth in your position. Thank you all so much for spending some time with us today. We greatly appreciate your time that you took listening to this dirty dial. If you found anything of value, please feel free to share it during Win Wednesday tip of the week. Uh, from all of us here at DHU, much love and thank you. Take care, fam. <laughs>
I'm here to introduce my own segment. That's right. We're coming in hot with this week's episode of The Menu. I'm Mikey Two Meals, and today we're serving up a double helping of fermented milk and bacteria. Ooh, that's right. Delicious yogurt sprinkled with the finest toppings. Wow, that looks like a pile of defrosted snow with bare sprinkled all over it. Wow. Rachel, take his plate. Do you want me to take that? Please, <laughs> because it is like eating dry cat food. Ugh. Let's just get to the menu. Heard of me? Heard of you? Who hasn't heard of yogurt? Yogurt the wise. Yogurt the all-powerful. Yogurt the magnificent. Please, please, don't make a fuss. I'm just plain yogurt. Plain? Ain't nothing plain about these yogurts. Come on in. The water's fine. Sit down. Take a load off. Take my spoon. Let's dive into the creamy smoothness together. Smoother than Kenny G slipping on ice, dressed in all satin. Smoother than a wet seal pup sliding across a marble slab. Smoother than- Mike? <sighs> Reel it in, buddy. Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, back to the yogurt and back to what we do best. Merchandising. Merchandising? What's that? Merchandising. Come. I'll show you. Today, we're using the force on behalf of three yogurt brands all under the same roof. Siggy's, Stonyfield, and Brown Cow. Brown Cow. Let's give this yogurt more room to roam by pushing back the fences and expanding on the quickest movers. Let's pack it all out. No yogurts left behind. Here's the opposite of how to get this accomplished. Hey Frank, I gotta talk to you men. I got a fever and the only prescription more brown cow space. Siggy's is on the hunt for new placements using their merchandising map. Ensure that they're right where they should be. End cap coolers. Push for new placements and gain more space during national promos. Here's what you would say if you wanted the buyer to completely disregard you. Hey Frank, I've got a merch map here that says I get all the end cap coolers for Siggy's. Like all of them. And the map says you have to give me your lunch money too. Last but not least, the beast that is Stonyfield. Keep your eyes peeled for other yogurt brands with multiple facings that we could reduce to make more room for Stonyfield skews. Make sure we pack out as much as we can to fill those shelves. Here's what not to say to buyers. Me no share space. Me want all the space. Me take it. And that's that. Kitchen closed. Cook with confidence and dish out excellence. Take it away, Dean. Woo, woo, woo! You know it! Oh, you were hoping for the Dean? Aw, too bad. So sad. The Dean's at Burning Man, stranded in the Nevada desert, along with 73,000 other muddy fools. That's right. The head mastermind's got you. The principal, the guided gonna take you through two very, very special shout outs. Michael D, 
in the mid-A. You out there, brother? A little dirty birdie told us you've been electrified in your position. We've heard you're bought in, you got fresh eyes, and you're having an impact on your team already. We see you out there, trying to win every Wednesday, hyping up your fellow team members and offering some talented referrals for our soon-to-be open Virginia route. Michael D, you're a bad B. O-S-S. Woo! Now, don't hate on old Little Miss Burma Gates. Keeping it in New Mexico. Swinging that NGVC experience all over the place. Helping bring insight, supporting her teammates as they up and run all over that retailer. She's riding real solo out there. Every week, kicking taking names and that's a direct quote our thoughtful kind intelligent and hilarious burma we see you out there girl that's all she wrote folks stay tuned next week to see if will can woo his way out of trouble and take his rightful place as a dean of will ttfn for now Hi-ho, it's off to work we go. Lavinia is back with another edition of Beyond the Bookshelf. Today she's going to be unearthing gems from the book Never Split the Difference. You ask why this book gained acclaim as mandatory reading for negotiators worldwide? To that I say this. Stop asking questions. Settle in. Open your auditory appendages and get ready to grow. Beyond the Bookshelf, where books lose their bulk but not their brilliance. No time to read a book. Come and give us a look. Shorten up the boring stuff beyond the bookshelf. You want to learn some things. Just so you know, your brain will grow. It might not. Beyond the bookshelf. You can be anything. Maybe not anything. Give it a try while you drive Beyond the Bookshelf Beyond the Bookshelf All of life is a negotiation, whether it's with our kids, our intimate partners, co-workers, or with decision-makers. And recognizing this fact of life is the first step on the path to negotiating better relationships and outcomes. The book Never Split the Difference, Negotiating as if Your Life Depends on It, offers game-changing insights that challenges us to reshape how we navigate everything from business deals to everyday conversations. The innovative techniques shared in this book are drawn from both real-life experiences 
and psychological principles. Here are a few I think you'll find particularly interesting. Have you ever heard of something called mirroring? Well, according to this book, it's one of the most effective tools to use in negotiations. Mirroring is an active listening technique that helps you develop trust. By actively listening to your counterpart during negotiations, you'll achieve two things. First, you'll stop listening to your own irrational biases. We all have them. And second, you'll make the person in front of you feel safe. For instance, which scenario would you prefer? You place your order of a cheeseburger, extra pickles, no onions in a restaurant, and the server simply jots it down and moves on to the next person. Or would you prefer that after you give your order, the server says, cheeseburger, extra pickles, no onions, got it, before moving on to the next person? You'd probably prefer the one where the server repeats your order after you say it because it would be safe for you to assume you'd get what you actually asked for. What the server did was called mirroring. Voice tone is another strategy. It's one of the key instruments used in negotiations and can heavily influence the outcome. The book suggests two main voice tones to focus on. The first, your default voice tone, should sound both positive and a bit playful. Try to speak while smiling, and you'll notice that your voice takes on an easygoing tone. That's what you're aiming for. The second tone is the late-night FM DJ voice. This one should be used selectively. It includes a downward inflection and has a calm, slow pace. If used correctly, it should create a feeling of authority without triggering defensiveness. And it should communicate that you're in control of the situation while still generating a safe space for both parties. I'm having difficulty controlling the volume of my voice! Decide which technique to use and hone your rapport and keep the conversation flowing to build trust. Next is something called tactical empathy, which is not only listening closely to understand what a person is feeling, but also trying to hear what's behind those feelings so you can increase your influence on them. It's emotional intelligence combined with strategic thinking. It consists of recognizing and verbalizing the emotions of the person you're negotiating with in a way that takes yourself out of the equation. Start your sentences with, it sounds like, or it looks like. By taking out the I, you demonstrate a selfless, more empathetic interest. Using this tactic, you'll be addressing underlying emotions rather than superficial ones and helping to diffuse negative feelings in the process. In this way, you validate and acknowledge them and understand how to adjust your behavior and words accordingly, which in turn leads to trust. Empathy is a human instinct that allows you to create more meaningful connections while serving as a tool to help you get what you want, because after all, everyone wants to be understood. And don't fear the no. Instead, realize that it's just a word that gives a person a sense of autonomy and control. And more importantly, when it comes to negotiations, it's also a word that gives the person you're negotiating with the space and time to consider their options. It's one of the main reasons why oftentimes no simply means not right now. And also understand that no can be used as a tool to nudge people toward where you want them to go. For instance, if a grocery manager denies a potential win for Go Macro on top of the salad bar, you could ask the following questions. Is the brand currently on top of the salad bar selling? Does this brand take care of the space for you? 
Would you be opposed to trying something new or refreshing to see if we could stimulate your sales? We have a brand going on promo. Would you be opposed to giving us a shot for cycle B? The word no can sometimes be interpreted as being mean or creating friction and conflict, but a more constructive and even honest way of looking at the word is that it allows people to feel safe and in control. Through disagreement, people's real desires are expressed, and by leveraging no as a tool, you can uncover your counterpart's thoughts and feelings and get closer to your ultimate goal, a committed yes. Negotiations are all unique. So being perceptive is key. Try to be hyper-aware, keeping your eyes and ears open for anything that could give you unexpected information about the person you're in negotiation with. To understand the person's ideas, you need to ask questions and be attentive to their answers, and especially the nonverbal cues they may trigger. Be open to receiving information beyond what you expected, and then reflect on why the other person is communicating this information right now. Remember to avoid trying to negotiate via email, which gives people the time to consciously avoid revealing too much. There's no way to get important, deep information through email, and it also conceals voice tones and body language that can help unearth useful information. Negotiation is nothing more than communication with results, asserts Chris Voss, one of the authors of this book. Through the use of empathetic and tactical communication to gain an understanding of the underlying needs and motivations of the other party, you can achieve successful outcomes in negotiations. What about you, Dirty Hands family? Have an ace up your sleeve that always seems to work when it comes to the art of positive persuasion? If so, I encourage you to share it with the Dirty Hands family. Made up of these three words Dirty Hands team, this is Parisa Bennett from Lactalis US Yogurt. Just hopping on here to say thank you so much for all that you do for our brands, Stonyfield, Ziggy's, and Brown Cow. We as a company really appreciate everything that you're doing every day. So thank you so much and have a good one. Bye. In seventh grade, I got asked to be a peer mediator. I'd spend my lunch hour listening to two 12-year-olds in conflict, while also trying to sneak bites of my school lunch, French toast sticks, my favorite. The conflicts were what you would expect. She took my pencil, he put his arm around my girlfriend, standard seventh grade type stuff. Now I was trained, and when I say trained, I say that very loosely. I was trained to give both sides a chance to speak, to be able to mirror back what I had heard each person say, and to try to come to some middle ground. Negotiating on behalf of two seventh graders is like trying to carry a handleless bag of wasps. Needless to say, I did my very best and I never really got to finish my French toast sticks. The true test of my negotiating skills came two years into my role as a mom, and I failed. I crashed and burned. I spent so much time fighting with, yelling at, and being disappointed in 
my toddler in ways that I didn't even know existed. I remember once I spent 30 minutes sitting on the edge of the tub next to my completely calm two-year-old who just clearly stated over and over, I will never, ever brush my teeth, ever. She underestimated how much stubbornness is required when you grow up with two brothers. And I underestimated her stubbornness and how long we'd be in there. And we both left drained and on opposite teams. I'd won, her teeth were clean, but I felt horrible. And she had left feeling powerless. And I knew there had to be some other way. And then right on cue, I did that thing that parents do where you take a two-year-old problem and you project it onto your 20-something grown child and you create all these crazy scenarios where she'll never give in to her boss or she won't be able to keep friends because she always has to be right. If you've never tried it, it's a super productive pastime. Living in the future with your 20-something kid using the lens of a problem that they're having as a toddler. Now, I've never been much of a negotiator. I've always been too eager to please, too eager to be agreeable and amenable, or too stubborn and controlling. And then two years ago, I geared up to try to buy a car, and I got absolutely swindled the first go around. I didn't end up buying anything, but I could just tell I got taken for a ride, exploited. So much so that it motivated me to go into the next discussion at the next dealership empowered. I also had to consult Brittany Bader because she used to sell cars and she was my secret weapon. I bumped my expectations down of what I thought was going to happen. Uh, my favorite writer once said, expectations are resentments waiting to happen. And I took that to heart. And I remember I brought Mike with me and the car salesman turned all of his attention to Mike to do the deal. And I can remi remember Mike saying something along the lines of, hey man, she's the one buying the car. We went back and forth. It was Black Friday. The salesman went into the back room to discuss the offer. I calmly and confidently told them it didn't work for me when they came back. This went on and on. The fictional drama unfolding in the finance department kept me feeling very resound knowing what I wanted and what I deserved. I'd be trading in a well-loved, well-taken-care-of, low-mileage car at a time when used car sales were just through the roof. And I'd be receiving what I wanted, a car with a third row that could comfortably fit my whole family, even my 6'8 freak of a husband. Finally, I made my final offer. We made the deal, and I remember driving home on fire just alive, exhilarated, and so proud. Dirty Hands has always been about this symbiotic relationship, a partnership where both sides benefited. Think the tarantula and the dotted humming frog. This deadly spider, it could easily at any moment kill and eat this frog, allows this tiny frog to share its burrow because the frog helps it by eating the carnivorous ants that attack and eat the spider's eggs. And this tiny little frog gets protection from fierce predators by palling around with a big scary tarantula. Both win, no one gets eaten, except for the ants. And while negotiating does require a little bit of risk, especially if you're that tiny frog 
counting on a whole shitload of ants in that burrow. Know exactly what you bring to the table. Know your worth, what you offer, and project it outwardly so that others can't help but know it and see it either. And for God's sake, brush your teeth. Stay dirty, fam. I still hate brushing my teeth. <laughs> what? It's just f- groceries.